We are coming to the end of our listening series um, when we're talking about uh, what, it is, what it looks like to listen to God. And we're moving into the summer where we are going to discuss people who actually listened to God, who heard from God. We're going to uh, go through the scripture and, and, uh, and pull out week by week somebody who, who God spoke to. They, they heard, they listened, and then they obeyed. And what does that look like in their individual lives. And, and this coming summer, uh, as last summer was the case where it was kind of a rotational basis of, of faces in this room, mainly because I was gone. Uh, but we're going to do the same thing this, this year, this summer, there will be different faces in here in the sanctuary. We are all kind of going to move around. Those of us who are um, pastors, we're going to uh, shuffle the deck, uh, if you will. And and so there will be uh, Dr. Daryl uh, will be uh, doing a sermon or two in here. Uh, young Casey Harris will be up. Um, Estes, you're, uh, you're signed up for one, right? Um, the coolest guy we know, Chris Estes, will be back. Um, as will making her debut. And see, this, I'm, I'm getting it out a couple of weeks in advance because this is one you do not want to miss. It will be the first time ever. That Deborah Chesney delivers a sermon in this room. Oh, yeah. June 15th is the time. And I believe she is talking about Moses in the burning bush. And she's been working on it um, for weeks now. She was the first. We have a big board in my office with all of the pastors' names. And then Daryl's very meticulous about how he lays all of this out and who's going where so we know that everything's covered. And she was the very first one up. She was the fir- first pick, number one pick in this summer's draft was Debbie Chesney. Um, and we're, we're very excited. So June 15th, mark your calendars to be here because it's Debbie. It's Debbie. Um, and one, you know, it's going to be full of wisdom because she has a lot of wisdom. But two, you know, it's going to be really funny. Um, so there you go. That's my plug for the summer. But we are finishing uh, listening, how, what it looks like to listen. And then we'll get into the people in a couple of weeks. So. Listening to God. Anybody a tweeter? Anybody tweet things? I know there's, just raise your hand. Some of you are embarrassed to raise your hands that you're a tweeter. There's got to be more than two people that tweet in this room. Okay, just own it. I love it. I am a tweeter and I am proud. Okay, anybody Facebookers? No, exactly. I feel, who said that? I, that is like a prophet. Yes, that was, no, exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. So Facebook and, and tweeting, Instagrammers, that's kind of a new thing, right? More Instagrammers. What are you kids doing these days? Instagram? The kids are like, yeah. So there's all these different things, these social media things that are out there. And, the, and, and really, I, I was on um, Twitter back when it started a long time ago. And I think I did like two or three tweets. And then I decided that no one really needed to know what I had to say, um, mainly because I'm just, it's just idiocy that comes out most of the time. And if you give me that loud of a voice, um, not that anyone followed me, but the potential was there for it just to, you know, everywhere. And so I was off of it. But, you know, with, with Facebook, I'm not on Facebook either. Um, I, I am, you know, I believe in face-to-face conversation, um, not through computerized means. But uh, it, with all these things, it gives you the ability to broadcast just what you're hearing and, 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 and like, hey, this is said, like something funny that you heard and then you post it. Um, you know, something happens to you and you want to share it with the world. And so you immediately just post it out there. 
You know, I think in more personal levels, we all have this kind of um, relationship with people. With Jenna, um, Jenna and I love to share things that we hear that we find funny, especially from Corbin, our son. Um, when he says something that is really funny, we're like, that's awesome. We have, to, we have a piece of paper that we write his stuff down on the, on the refrigerator. And we have like layers and layers of paper because the dude is funny, um, accidentally funny. It's great. So the other day, he, uh, we were looking at his tonsils to have them removed um, because he gets strep a lot. He calls it struck. He goes, I got struck. Um, but, uh, which is yeah, kind of appropriate, but so he gets struck a lot and we had to go to the specialist to see about getting his tonsils removed. And the doctor, I'm sure is a wonderful doctor, um, tells him in the room, tells Jenna that there is a 3% chance that he can die from the surgery. And there's six year old Corbin going, what? <laughs> I feel better now. You know, I'm much better. Uh, and it's Monty Python moment. And, and so it's, you know, this, so they have this conversation, Jenna and, and he gets to have this conversation on the way home. And in the backseat of the car, he's like, if I die, my baseball team is never going to win again. <laughs> I think I've shared this story in here before, but it's too funny not to share it. Right. So Jenna calls me and tells me this, like what he says, and that, that's just hysterical you know i mean just that's where that's where he goes with this it's like they're never going to win again machine pitch miners is just going to be done what's the point you know and just i mean that's just so so stuff like that and we call one another you know i was uh watching these two scholars um talk wax theological the other day on on these things they video things they post and one of the guys um Peter Block is his name. Uh, isn't that his name, Brian? Peter Block, isn't that it? Daryl? Nothing? Really? Okay. Peter Block, we're going to go with Peter Block, um, said that he, he, he has this quote, and it's just great, and I stopped what I was doing, and I walked over to the whiteboard in my room, and I wrote it up because I wanted it. I wanted to share it with everyone. I had earphones in, and I wanted to share it with all of the people who were in the room and those people who were coming and going from our room. And it says, Empire tells you um, that you are not enough. Consumerism tells you that what you have is not enough. Community tells you you're enough. It's like, that's beautiful. I love that. The community, all these empire and, and, and consumerism, it, you're never going to be enough. But for community, with all of your faults and with everything that you are, you are you're enough. You're accepted. You're loved. You're supported. And, and I just thought that was just such a great quote that I wanted to put it up there. And I wanted to share it, and I wanted to have a conversation about it. See, a lot of times, if we keep thoughts to ourselves, they don't benefit anyone, and usually including ourselves. A lot of times, if I am in deep prayer about something, and about a direction, and about something that's going on in my life, and God wants to speak to me about it, if I hold it to myself, it's just going to go flat. What I need to do is I need to share it with Jenna. I need to go, hey, this is kind of what I'm hearing. I need to, I need to share it with Dr. Daryl. Go, hey, Doc, this is what I'm hearing from God. And allow him and allow her to get in on that conversation so that they can say, that doesn't sound right. You sound off a little bit in this. Or, that sounds exactly right, man. You're hearing. 
move. Because the thing is, on my own, I'm not really that smart. On my own, when I think of these things and when, when, when I'm praying and when God talks to me, on my own, I'm going to get it wrong more often than not. And so I need a community to surround me and to support me and to encourage me and to listen so that when I do hear from God, they can say, yeah, 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 you're on track. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, it says this, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel was serving the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had just gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet, not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He jumped up and ran to Eli. Here I am. What do you need? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel jumped up and ran to Eli. Here I am. He said, what do you need? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never heard a message from the Lord before. So now the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel jumped up and ran to Eli. Here I am, he said. What do you need? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go lie down again, and if someone calls you again, say, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, yes, your servant is listening. And this begins Samuel's life as a prophet. This begins his life of God continually speaking into him and him delivering God's message to the people of Israel. But it was Eli who had to go, oh, maybe it's God talking to you. If Samuel didn't have that interaction with Eli, if Samuel wasn't in that relationship with Eli, then God could have been calling him for years and he never would have gotten it. But because that relationship existed, because he was able to get up and go to Eli and say, hey, what do you need? Why do you keep calling my voice, old man, in the middle of the night and then sending me away? Because of that relationship, Eli was able to say, it's God. Listening to God takes practice. It takes skill. It takes us delving into the scripture, into the text, and and going Bob Costas on it, as we talked about last week, and seeing what's behind the story, and and really understanding where God is moving. It takes takes quiet. It takes separating yourself from the the monotony of the day and from the noise of the day. It, it, It takes turning your screens off, all of them. And listening. But it also takes community. It takes people around you to hear what you have to say and to say, whoa, 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 I think maybe God is trying to speak to you right now. Or, whoa, that doesn't sound like God at all. But you've got to be in those relationships. You've got to be in that community. You have to be in a community that is open to the voice of God, both hearing listening and obeying. You've got to be able to be in a community where you can show up and you can go, hey, this is kind of what God's been telling me lately. And the community can lovingly go, nope, that's not what God's telling you. He's not telling you to shave your head and sell everything you have and go live in Siberia. I don't know why you would go to Siberia shaving your head. That seems awfully cold. (laughs) 
But then you go and say, hey, I believe God's calling me to do this in that community, but I'm a little nervous and I don't know. And Yeah, that does sound like God. But you have to be in that community. You have to be in relationships to where you can open up with one another and share. You have to be in the practice of listening and responding. So the worship team's coming up right now. Daryl just laid down in the back. <laughs> the worship team is coming up right now, and they're going to um, we're going to sing a song. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to listen. Now, the words may be on the screen, um, may not, but don't sing. Just listen. 